1: Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Rachel J. Rachel's a health and fitness coach, mental health advocate, the founder of Core 30, host of the Rach Active podcast, and was named a health guru by The New Daily. Rachel's been a prominent figure in the health and fitness industry for a long time and leaves some really great tips and tools that you can apply to your own daily life. And once again, thank you for supporting the Move Your Mind book. It's available globally on Amazon and Booktopia. You can find it through the links for your respective countries. Thanks again for the support. Rach, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I've been on yours and chatted to you a lot and finally got you on mine. So thank you for doing it. It's, <laughs> thank um, you
2: for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yeah, no, really excited to chat to you. And I don't think I've actually had like a, a fitness trainer. Um, I've had a lot of like, athletes and I've wanted to do it but haven't done it so it's like good to um finally have that and I know you've got so many you know things you're doing to help people with their not just well-being but you know mental well-being and it's all linked which we'll you know we'll go into but it's yeah it's great to be able to discuss this topic which I'm sure a lot of our listeners will uh be really interested and you know benefit a lot from so um Mm -hmm. yeah before before we go into it I normally get the guests just to give like a, a background on themselves and how you came to where you are now. So I I guess, would you be able to, you know, just give us a little bit of a a, a abbreviated version of how you came to where you are. So everyone listening knows, knows who they're, who they're listening to.
2: Sure. Abbreviated version. Okay. So I started my career as an actress and obviously we have that in common and I spent some time in LA and lived on and off in LA for a while. And when I sort of got back, um, I went through a relationship breakup around a similar time. And so that really kind of spurred me into a different path in terms of my career. I was starting to then think about how I could help people and health and wellness and fitness is just something that I have been interested in myself. And obviously, when you're going through those kinds of life transitions, those are the things that you sort of focus on, you go within, you think about all the ways that you can be a better version of yourself. And so those, that was really the time where I started to take steps into health and wellness. So I studied nutrition. I studied NLP, which is um, neuro-linguistic programming. I studied Pilates. I studied boxing. And, you know, so there's a few bits and pieces within the health and wellness space that I then started to explore and move into. And I guess, uh, you know, being a fitness professional, a health and wellness um, professional, you, for me anyway, you sort of dabble in a few areas to see where you want to fit and how you can best serve um, other people in their journey too so that's really I guess how I came into the space so it was more just me going through my own life you know transformation or change of change of direction really
1: yeah which is which is great I think that's like the the best way for that to happen because you know often when you are going through it yourself and exploring things you sort of you're, you're learning by necessity and to try and improve yourself and then you can, you know, it's a, it's authentic when you sort of bring that to other people and you, you're not just sort of jumping into it um, for the sake of it, which I think you know, so so important. And I'm sure that, you know, that shows in, in the people that you deal with. And um, yeah, so I, I guess like one of the questions I was going to, you know, go into, and obviously that, you know, this podcast is centered around mental health, you know, like how, how big of a correlation do you see in the, in, in the work you're doing with uh, mental health in that side of things?
2: Oh, hugely important. I mean, for me, my philosophy behind what I do as a coach is to combine what we do with our bodies and also to cultivate that strength in your mental fitness or your mental health, because the two are so inextricably interlinked and so you know even if I'm working with someone in terms of movement you also want to understand their emotional state what state are they in when they come to you know Pilates or whatever it is that they're doing and where do you want to take them as a coach because you always for me the goal is to get them from maybe they're walking in as at a two or three but you really want to get them to you know five six seven wherever they can go but then on the other flip side of it as well often people who have i've worked with what they come to me for maybe on the outset looking like it's an outward or practical solution so something to do with their fitness or something to do with their nutrition however when you dig a little bit deeper often what you'll find is that there is some sort of mental or mental mental fitness piece to the puzzle where you really need to unpack what's going on with their behaviors, how have they linked things to their patterns of, you know, habits that they're doing. And it really just underpins everything, really. If you, if you don't look at the mental part of it, then you really aren't looking at the full picture of what's going on with someone. So, you know, for me, I feel that mental fitness is hugely important. I think without that, you, you can't even get yourself to move. You know, so you need to be in a space of being healthy mentally and emotionally as well as being healthy in your body as well physically.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I guess, yeah, like you're saying, it's all interlinked. And if you're not doing, you know, one, one thing leads to the other part or if you're not sleeping properly, you're not going to have the energy to exercise and then you're going to mentally uh, be struggling or not as clear. And so it's sort of, there's, I guess it's like in, in the work you're doing, I, I guess it would be that. Um, as you're saying, it's not about just getting one part of it right or it's, it's sort of trying to find how can I have enough balance of all of these different factors working together to um, make sure that I'm in the right frame of mind and, you know, doing the right things to sort of get to create a routine of, of you know, these healthy behaviours.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, especially with what's going on at the moment, people... Are finding that it's difficult to get into a state mm. where they can be motivated to do things even get out and exercise I mean I feel like a lot of people have been saying I, I'm not doing my usual routine I am feeling unmotivated and that is a mental game that's not really you know before you even step out and put your runners on you need to be in a good state of mind to get yourself to the point of actually getting out of the house and going for a walk or doing a workout or something like that it's all interlinked and and you really do need to work at all of it so obviously you know you obviously know you know movement has been such an important part of your journey you know through your mental health journey that it helps your mental state but also getting your mental state right helps you to move so it's it's all kind of loops round, you know
1: yeah exactly which it yeah and it's it, it does you sort of can get you a in a rut if you don't I think it can work both ways it can sort of if you you know do get in that routine of doing and feeling good, it builds on itself, and then you can also get in a rut where uh, it's so hard to get out of, and it gets worse and worse, and you sort of become more sluggish and fall into um, into that into that pattern. So, I you know what would you say is one of the biggest obstacles you see with people uh, taking action to make these sort of changes?
2: I think what underpins lack of action is firstly not understanding the outcome that they really want to achieve. And then also there's blocks. There's usually some sort of belief system or maybe some negative thoughts or things that are going on within the person that prevents them from actually stepping out and taking action. And, you know, a lot of the time, if you're talking about, you know, weight loss or training or things like that, that people tend to want, you know, lean down and all those kinds of things, what you're really looking at is then their relationship with their body, their relationship with food and their relationship with themselves. What do they believe about themselves that is preventing them from taking the action that they know they need to take to get to the outcome that they want to actually you know, achieve? And oftentimes too, I think consciously, we've spoken about this before, I think we all kind of know the things that we need to do. It's not like it's rocket science in terms of, how do you be fit and healthy? We kind of all know how to do that, but what is it that stops us from actually taking the action? That's all going on in here, in our mind, and and our belief system that is preventing us from actually taking the action. So, really, I think it's unpacking those things, you know, really getting to the underlying issues of what's actually stopping you.
1: Yeah, for sure, exactly. Which it's you know, it's such a, a mental thing and going and and finding that because um, e- even if you are able to um you know stick to something for a period of time if you aren't getting addressing the core things it often doesn't become sustainable i guess um which i don't know if yeah if that is that another thing that you you sort of see and have found with your work it's sort of again going back to really you know how do we how do we find the core of you know what what is actually going to be sustainable for me to to you know create a, a, a lifelong habit hopefully
2: Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, because often people will start something, they'll do it for a few weeks and then they drop off and it doesn't become Mm. something that's natural to them. And obviously, you know, ideally what you want to do is instill long term habits so that it does become natural to you. And, you know, sometimes for some people, it might take a few goes at it, especially when you're creating change, you know. And I think you talk about this really nicely in your book about, you know, creating long term change. It is a case of, You know, really unpacking what is it that you really want, but then doing the small action steps that you need to in small bites, you know, not expecting to have this drastic change overnight. It's a practice. So if you are going to move towards a larger goal, you also have to break it down into smaller action steps so that you can feel like it's more manageable It doesn't feel like it's too overwhelming that you can't do it and then get stressed out because you're not achieving the big goal that you've set for yourself. You really want to take it, you know, really slowly and work day by day, just take it a day at a time, take it a step at a time. And when you've hit a certain progress point, then you can add a little bit more on. So instead Mm. of trying to change everything at once, we want to change one little part and then nail that. And then after that, then we can go, okay, what else do we need to change? Let's add in this, you know, let's sleep better let's now add a little bit more movement in. Let's now start to think about how we're eating. So we can't just do it all in one go because it is very overwhelming if you're trying to change all of those things at one time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think because, for I guess it's like anything, what whatever we're not, we haven't had as much experience in, we sort of can, you know, be naive in how we approach it or, um, you know, if you apply it to a different industry or a work thing or whatever it is, often that's the, mindset you have at the beginning and you can overwhelm yourself whereas like you're saying and I've had so many friends that um over the years have said I want to you know I want to get fit and do this or do that and I'll try and give them that advice like what you're saying and um they don't listen and then they go and uh you know train for maybe two or three weeks and push themselves to a point where they're basically sick and they can't sustain it and then they get busy and they fall out of it and they can't find the in-between and it's like um they don't want to listen like how, yeah what would what would you say to someone like that that um because you see that quite a lot where people are you know doing just going for you know all it's sort of from zero to a hundred and then it just doesn't sustain so i guess like probably the points you're saying just sort of breaking it down to what can i manage right now and how can i where can i start
2: yeah. And I think that's hard too, for people who are starting on a new journey of health and wellness or health and fitness, you know, they're really excited. So they want to get into it. They want to hit it really hard. And what you'll often find is that, yes, you know, the body either breaks down because it's, it's just too much for the body to handle. You know, you, you also, the, your body is going to give you signals as well and you've got to listen to those signals. So if you are overtraining or you are excessively doing something like it could be even the way that you've changed your nutrition and you get to a point where you've hit that you yeah, feel like you can't go anymore. That's the point where you just sort of have to pull back. And and you're even if you know someone outside you says that to you, you can your body is telling you. Your body will tell you this is a little bit too much. So I just need to pull it back. You know, I had a, a client who had never done Pilates before, had been doing, you know, sort of four or five sessions a week, first, you know, off the bat, and she started to get really sore and felt like she maybe was injured. And so really the advice to her was that you just need to tone it back a little bit. It doesn't mean that you can't keep doing Pilates, but your body's not used to it. So like with anything, like we were talking about with habits, you just also need to adjust, allow yourself that time to adjust to the new way of living as well. You know,
1: definitely. Yeah. And be flexible with it. Or you might find that, you know, something works for a period and then, and then you sort of move on to something else or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And
2: allow and allow your, you know, allow your body and allow yourself to be flexible because I feel that there's not really just one way to do health and fitness. You know, you find what works for you at different points in your life. You're not always going to be doing exactly the same thing forever. And so mm-hmm. you've got to allow that that shift, you know, and, and not to feel like, that's a failure if you happen to do thing, something for a period of time and then decide to change route or pull it back. Or that's totally fine to do that too. And just know that it's a journey; it has its ups and downs. You're going to feel in states of being very motivated. You're going to feel like you need some rest, and and that's that's just, I guess, how we are as humans. You know, that just replicates how we are. You know.
1: Yeah, it's normal. We're going to have periods where. You know we're energized and we're motivated and we feel good and then periods where you know it's really hard to get anything done let alone exercise so it is it's just work yeah working around that being honest with yourself trying to still do you know just reminding yourself that i guess like something is better than nothing so even if even if you're just doing a little bit of movement and and often that's the hardest part i guess as well just getting started so when you sort of you know you're feeling like having the day off uh or you just can't be bothered. It's as soon as you get moving, you know, after five minutes, you sort of, th- then it gets easier and easier. So uh, I guess it's just getting started is, is often a, yeah, a hard get, part as well.
2: Getting started. And also I think it's checking in with your body and finding out mm. where are you today and being honest with yourself about that. If you feel like you're at a three, then you're not going to probably go out and do a high intensity workout because you're feeling, you know, sort of lowish. So be realistic and sort of think, okay, well, three, I could go for a walk. That's something that I could do to get me maybe up to a four or a five. If you're feeling at an eight or a nine, then you're probably going to want to go out and do something a little bit more high intensity that exerts more energy. And that's totally fine too. But I I guess as well, not judging what you're doing, not judging your movement, not feeling or putting pressure on yourself pretty much to have to do something, just move, I think is important both for your Obviously, physical body, but also your mental health as well. You know,
1: yeah. And and how important would you say it is? You know, in Australia at the moment, we've got another lockdown. Like it's been a pretty, yeah, taken taken a big toll on a lot of people. I think lockdown number six. Um, uh, how important is it that people are doing things like this during these times? Because it's you know it's that ironic thing, I guess, where you know people need it now but they're just so worn out and it's so hard to keep a routine when you just sort of everything blends into one but yeah how important would you say it is
2: i think it's hugely important because as we know you know when you shift your physiology when you shift your body it's going to shift your emotional state because really emotions are energy in motion right and so that's that can be felt in the body and so For you to move your body, it will shift your physiology and therefore shift your emotional state. So, yes, you might not feel like getting up in the morning. You might feel quite low. And I think, you know, like you said, it is lockdown 6.50 million, whatever it is at the moment. (laughs) and a lot of people are feeling very emotionally and mentally tired, you know, this up and down of going in and out of lockdown. There's very little warning as well on the lockdowns. So Getting a couple of hours where you have to, you know, people are having to shut down businesses and, and kind of wrap things up and then switch their mind into living this lockdown life again. So people are tired. People are uh, lacking motivation at the moment. But I think, you know, what's really important is to find, again, that routine and structure and you do have to set this for yourself so I I would say you know in the morning to kind of set out what you want to achieve for the day and just know I think we've spoken about this before that movement is another habit for your health like brushing your teeth or showering those are not something you know they're they're not things that you necessarily go "Mm, I really feel like brushing my teeth right now I really feel like taking a shower I mean sometimes you do but Generally speaking, it's a thing that we do daily because we know that we need to keep it up for our hygiene or our health. And the same is for movement, for your mental health. It's just something that you need to do that will help you with your mental health health, and put you in a better state. So I like to kind of frame it for myself like that. Mm. Even if I don't feel like doing it, I know once I do it, I'm going to feel better. And, you know, long term, because we don't really know how long this lockdown is going to go for at least mm. insert that into your daily routine you know and i think it that that will hugely help your emotional and mental state during this really crazy uncertain time
1: yeah no eg- exactly exactly if you can just have that that mindset of of just making it part of focusing on what the benefit is and how you're going to feel after rather than avoiding it just because it's a, a bit uncomfortable when you're when you're doing it because otherwise you know we wouldn't do anything, we wouldn't work if if you know we, um, if we didn't have if we looked at it in that way. So it's sort of applying that same mindset, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Looking, focusing on yes, what you're going to get out of it, how you're going to feel afterwards, and you know while you're doing it, you yes, sometimes you don't feel amazing, especially if you're doing a hardcore workout or something like that. But you know at the end, you'll feel so much better for it, you know. And so just remembering that state that you're in after you work out. Is, is really
1: mm. important yeah and yeah so is it from what you've seen is it sort of because I guess there would be a lot of people as well that are probably looking at you know exercise uh from a you know vanity perspective of I want to you know it's approaching summer I want to get a bikini body I want to get a six-pack or I want to whatever it is and so it's like let's go all in and you know just hyper focus on getting fit so I can be ready for the when, when I'm going to the beach in summer or whatever it is. <laughs> is it like a lot of the time, it, Or if, you know, for some people, I think if it's tied to that, that it's very hard to make that sustainable. I, I guess it, it's, I would say it would be important that people are, you know, taking a step back and looking at what can I, how can I actually find something that's really aligned with something bigger for me so I can, you know, justify doing it even, you know, when I'm not caring about how I look on the beach.
2: Yeah, you nailed it there with, I think, any kind of outward or aesthetic goal. And yes, people do have those goals, you know, sometimes. And that's fine, you know, for the short term. But like you said, that's not going to carry you through in terms of a long-term outcome, you know, because it is very short-lived. And, you know, people who come to that and, and find that they hit those goals often find they need to dig a little bit deeper to keep going because you will, you know, if you do hit that goal or you find at some point that doesn't mean that much to you, you need to really understand what is it that you are trying to to do this lifestyle for? Why are you trying to live a healthier and fitter life? Is it because you want to give, you know, be the best that you can be so that you can give that energy to the work that you do? Is it that, You want to feel great in your body because you want to be there for your family and your children or, you know, some other bigger reason outside of yourself, generally speaking, is going to be what drives you and will give you the motivation on those days when you don't feel like you want to work out. When you think about that bigger goal, even if you don't feel like working out, that can also carry you through, you know, so instead of also thinking about how you feel after the workout. Well, I'm doing this because I want to be, you know, for me, I can attribute it to my work. You know, I feel Mm. like I need to make sure that I'm healthy and fit firstly to be a leader and lead by example. You can't be coaching people and telling people what to do when you're not doing it yourself. And then secondly, to make sure that I have the energy to be of service to people. So that for me is a bigger goal outside of just, oh, I need to get this workout in because I need to, you know, have a six pack. I mean, that's a six packs. A six pack. What's the big deal? You know, that's not really. There's no depth there. So, yeah. you know, I, I really do think, yeah, it's part of it is self awareness, is understanding who you are, mm-hmm. what is important to you. That's really what you've got to ask yourself when you're setting these goals for yourself, too.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just makes it so much more um, sustainable if you can if you can do that. Like for me, it's. Um, it's linked to mental health. If I exercise daily, I feel better and, you know, you're more clear and it's like, I haven't found anything that is more effective than, than that on a daily basis. It just sort of, even if you're having, you know, the most horrible day you can imagine, if you just go out and, you know, go for a run for half an hour, go to the gym, it's amazing what it does to just filter out your mind and bring you back to, you know, to reality. It's, it's, it's incredible. I think it's, yeah, it's sort of, everyone's like like you said before and like i talk about a lot it's all common knowledge uh we're all told and know about this but then we don't practice it enough and it's like it is it's insane how much of a difference it it actually makes
2: Mm, it's it's so amazing too you know a lot of people find running for example like you're saying very meditative if you're not into meditation which is one great tool to use for your mental health but if that's kind of not your jam and you, you don't really feel like you want to meditate you can find other ways to meditate through movement you know it could be through running it could be through lots of people find you know i do boxing boxing's very meditative you could do yoga you could do lots of different movement practices that takes you out of your mind and you yeah. know sort of find that stillness within and and really i think that's what we want you know when you're going through those negative thought patterns and which creates more lower vibrational states like anxiety and depression you want to break that thought pattern not necessarily that you want to stop those thoughts from coming through but you just want to witness them and detach yourself from those thoughts and movement is a great way to do that like you said
1: yeah, exactly. But sort of, um, and and yeah, as you were saying there, you know, we're told about all these, you know, you can meditate and mindfulness, and it's all, you know, everything. Everyone's got different different things they resonate with. But I think also it's gone. A lot of it goes too far in sort of the airy fairy sort of nature of if you do this, or you can blah blah blah. It's like really at the end of the day, it's all des- designed around one thing about just make, training your mind to be present and focused on one thing, which exercise does. So it doesn't have to be meditating or, you know, exercising, you could look at, well, that's going to be my combined, you know, meditation and give me that physical, uh, the physical fitness and good for my health. And it's going to, you know, it's going to do everything in one thing. It doesn't have to be a certain, you know, vehicle. It can be so many different things that that bring your mind into that present, present state, which is, you know, another great thing about exercise.
2: Absolutely. And I think the great thing too, about movement is that, what it can do is, especially if you choose something that's a little bit challenging for yourself, is that it puts you into a flow state. And a flow mm-hmm. state is essentially where you are, you know, your thoughts are almost suspended. So you're almost in, I, I feel like you probably would know this when you're acting, when you're doing something like that, where you, you know where you are, you're aware of where you are, but you're just in this very zen zone. And just because you're moving in a certain way doesn't mean you can't be in a zen Uh, state and that flow state is where you'll find that peace essentially for your mind
1: yeah no it's exactly it's an amazing feeling and it's sort of training yourself to be able to you know get back to that or um you know or 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 once you've yeah and and i think it's just such a yeah the other thing i was going to talk about that it just reminded me is um you know the importance of even if it's not Specifically, you know, exercising for a period of time or whatever it is, just even movement in the sense of, um, and I do this all the time now because my mind will, you know, start overloading if I'm sitting for too long. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I've got too many things going through my mind. I can't keep up. I'll like literally just stop and get up and just go outside for five minutes or go for a walk or, or even, even just re- like going and sitting somewhere different and just uh, anything to break that. You know, routine. It helps so much when you just get moving.
2: Yes, exactly. It's it's breaking a pattern of thinking. And especially if at the moment people are in lockdown, if you're experiencing, you know, racing thoughts or worrying thoughts or future pacing, thinking about the future, all of those kinds of things, you just want to kick yourself out of that pattern of thinking. And so, like you said, get up, move, you know, or even, you know, you could do breathing exercises that actually kind of kick you out of that state so that you can just reset and come back with a fresher mind.
1: Definitely. Mental health and well-being are real issues in the construction industry. Men in construction are twice as likely to take their own life compared to the ones who work in other industries, and that's just not good enough. With John Holland's help, we want to make a change. We've joined together to have honest conversations about mental health, life, and stories of people who have overcome challenges. When we hear about stories and struggles that sound a bit like ours, we can learn from each other and remember that we're not alone.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: Um, I think you've sort of touched on this before, but like what I see being you know a big sort of barrier for people to create like a long-term you know exercise routine is uh, you know change of um whatever it is in their life whether you're moving whether you're sort of in a different location but a lot of people will get into a really good routine and you know they'll be very set on what they need to to train so you know I I can only stick to it if I've got my trainer or if I've got this or got that and then you know something will happen to disrupt that and you fall out of it and then they don't get back into it for another 3 months or 6 months and you know it's just not sustainable to do that or when you're traveling you fall out of it and then you don't get back into it are there some simple, you know, some basic things people, you know, hopefully listening could maybe take away from, you know, or for, from your advice on how you can find a way to navigate that?
2: I think what the first thing is to be compassionate with yourself, firstly, to not expect yourself to have the same routine if something has been changed in your life. You know, people who are going through lockdown at the moment, obviously, what we're experiencing is not the same as. Quote unquote, normal life. and so firstly, to be compassionate and and understanding of yourself that you don't have to. and then I, I think maybe just allow yourself to gravitate towards the things that resonate with you, uh, because you know sometimes we have no idea about what what should I do, which workout should I do? and if I don't have my normal trainer, then i don't I don't really know what to do. but I think it's having a curiosity about, okay, this workout looks like it could be fun. Let me, let me just try that. Let me just go for a walk. Let me just, I think just being open to a variety of different things. And, you know, I know that it's difficult when you're stuck in a, a certain way of doing things. But mm. I, I think really it's it's being open-minded about what your fitness routine could look like. And even if you don't really know what it's going to look like, just to explore, because you'll find it in the exploration of it.
1: Yeah, definitely, exactly, yeah, yeah, just, so again, I guess it goes back to, yeah, not being so rigid in your thinking, allowing yourself to sort of be flexible with it, um, and not being too hard on yourself, but just, again, going and reminding yourself that, you know, just, what can I do if I'm, if I'm, don't have anything available to me, what is available, and it might not be ideal, but it's still going to be better than doing nothing, so I'm just going to sort of try and, you know, try that, for the moment and see where it goes
2: yeah exactly try it see it if you don't like it then you can always you're not you know you're not stuck to doing one thing so try it see if you like it if you like it you can keep doing it if not try something else and you might find that you actually discover a way of working out or moving that you never would have thought of or you never thought you would like you know and so that's sort of exciting too to just I'll just give it a go and and see see what it feels like do I like it or not
1: See where it goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, What are, are there certain things that have, have personally worked for you or that you do daily that, you know, you can sort of share and recommend to people listening?
2: I definitely think with, in terms of lack of motivation, because we all experience that where we don't Mm. feel like working out and the trick that I sort of use for myself, but also with my clients as well is that I'll just get myself to do five minutes. I think you just mentioned that Mm. earlier where, I'll just often, you know, especially with running, this is what I do for running because sometimes I don't want to go for a run. And I know I'm going to feel better after I go for a run, but I still don't want to go for the run. And so I'll just say, okay, I'm just going to go out for five minutes. I'll just, let's just walk. I'll walk for five minutes. Right. And so I kind of trick myself to just going out for a walk for five minutes. That doesn't seem too hectic. I walk for five minutes. And then obviously, when I'm out there, you're like, well, I could, I could run. I'll keep going. And so, Oftentimes you just start and your body then already, because you are moving, feels different than before you started. And so therefore you are more likely to continue going. So I would say just focus on the next five minutes and then the next five minutes and then the next five minutes. And And even in a workout, you know, sometimes you think, oh, it's a 45-minute workout. I don't know if I want to do the whole 45 minutes. i just say just do the first five minutes. Once you've done yep. the first five minutes, then, okay, I'll just do a little bit more. I'll just do a little bit more. Before you know it, you've done the 45 minutes, but you never felt like doing it in the first place. So that's a little yep. trick that I, I sort of use in my mind. And also, even if you're working through specifically more reps or something, so if you're doing you know a certain exercise, you've got 12 reps to go, just focus on the next rep and just yeah. focus on the next rep. That's it. That's all you need to do. And if you don't feel like, and again, I think the big thing is to allow or give yourself permission to not do it if you don't want to do it. So I'll Mm. say to myself, okay, you can, you can go out for five minutes, but if you don't feel like running, you don't have to run. And that immediately takes the pressure off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. And then, so then when you're out there, you ask yourself, okay, it's been five minutes, do I want to keep going? Or do I want to kind of pack it in and go? It's totally fine. Either way, you can you can do either way, you've done your five minutes. And there's no pressure. But if you feel like you want to go more, you go more. And that often happens. 99% of the time that happens.
1: Yeah, you end up just going further. Exactly. Which I think it's a good, you know, and training your mind to to be like that is good for everything in life, you know, with work, if we're putting too much pressure on ourselves, and focusing on the big picture all the time you're going to be overwhelmed you're going to get burnt out so it's again it's continually finding that balance of I guess just being kind to yourself sort of you know going and not just throwing in the towel and doing nothing but being kind to yourself and not not having an expectation or pressure of what it has to be just going and sort of trying to find that that joy in you know in what you're doing.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, you want, you want to also at some point enjoy your exercise. You don't want to be putting yourself through yeah. something that is not enjoyable to you. So, uh, again, that's part of the exploring of movement, what movement feels good for you in your body. You mm-hmm. don't have to do anything. You know, you're, it's you. You get to decide, yeah. and that's the great thing. You know, there's so many different movement practices, different exercises, different ways of training your body that you can do. Um, and, it, and it really just is up to
0: you.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's sort of endless things you can do. Mm. Yeah. Um, and how important is uh, sleep and nutrition for your well being?
2: Hugely as, important. As part of this? Yeah. Yeah, hugely <laughs> important. <laughs> I, I feel like it's all interlinked. Right? It's all and linked. All yeah. linked. Yeah. Everything that we do, everything that we put into our bodies affects the way especially, you know, our mental state, our emotional state. So sleep we've talked about before and, and you know, really you, you want to ideally be sleeping for between seven and eight hours to get a good night's rest and having that, you know, evening routine to wind down and let your mind rest and come to, the, come to that peaceful state to get good rest, quality rest, quality sleep, you know. Um, I think that's very important because it allows your body to, come back to its natural state, it allows it to rest and replenish for the next day. And then obviously nutrition also what you're putting into your body, what you're fueling your body with will affect your mental and emotional state and also obviously how you feel physically in your body. So, you know, as nutrition is part of what I do as a coach and I would say, yeah. you know, you want to be eating around 80% healthy, nutritious foods. I I don't ever think that restrictive dieting is a good way to go mentally or emotionally for you Um, unless you are, you know, an athlete and you need to for a specific reason, like performance or fight or something like that. But for the general population, you know, we want to be just healthy and well in our bodies. So we want to be eating fresh, nutritious foods and also allow ourselves the space to indulge as well because that is also very important for our mental and emotional well-being because i think when you start to restrict and cut things out of your diet or cut things out of your way of eating that creates a lot of stress or can create a lot of stress in your mind and in your you know your emotional state so eating well, feeding yourself with nutritious foods, drinking enough water. And I think water is very important. One thing that I think a lot of people don't do is, is drink the required amount of water that your body actually needs. And you know, our bodies, our bodies are made up of 70% water. So we want to replenish that every time you work out, you're sweating, you're, you know, releasing liquid from your body. So we want to also make sure that we're replenishing that water. So Um, you know, I think around 1.5, two liters is a good place to start. So you want to be doing that. And I think you'll notice if you do this yourself, you just feel fresher in your body for eating foods that are as close to nature as possible. Um, it's not to say that you can't eat meat or you can't eat dairy or you can't eat junk food sometimes just find that moderation and again, find what works for you, what works with your lifestyle. Cause if it starts to stress you out, then obviously that's not good for your emotional or mental state either. So we want to make it work with everything that we're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's all, all linked together. So sort of reminding yourself that everything, you know, bleeds into the next thing, but then finding that, that balance in, in how you can sort of manage all of that yeah. as well. So
2: yeah, exactly. So important.
1: Um, Well we finish up Every episode with sort of five These five sort of questions Um, So I'll go into those in a second For anyone, any of our listeners If they want to find more About you, uh, learn what You're doing, where, where can they go
2: they can go, they can find me on Instagram. It's at rageactive underscore, uh, my website, rageactive.com, and also my podcast, the Rach Active podcast. Again, you can find that wherever you listen to your podcast that we sort of delve into a lot of health and wellness and fitness uh, aspects. And, you know, my, I do, you know, I think this is why we connect so well is that mm. that passion for mental fitness and really understanding mindset and being able to master your mind. So we do touch on those things as well as the other parts of health and wellness as well. So, yeah
1: yeah which is great and yeah I love all the stuff that you're doing so it's um yeah very big big supporter of it all and uh we will put all of the links for your podcast and instagram and everything else in the um in the show notes of this as well so anyone listening you can go into the notes to find all of the different links to to learn to learn everything else um so the these questions the first one is um what is your best childhood memory that comes to mind
2: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> What's my best childhood memory? Uh probably oh, one. Yeah. One. Probably just I mean, I'm such a TV nerd and I feel that I mean, I think a lot of actors are. Um I think just watching films classics like The Wizard of Oz and like Willy Wonka and all of those great there were a lot of musical films I think back in the day. And I just remember, you know, being an only child, I feel like you kind of get lost in that world. And so they kind of become your world, you know, you, you mm. just the, this enjoyment of, of watching film, I think, when I was young. I think that's a really great memory that I have.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, what would you say is the biggest burden on mental health in society today?
2: Biggest burden on mental health... I think we live in a culture and society that that the narrative definitely is, puts a lot of pressure, I think, on how I think we feel we should be in the world. Um, mm. An idea of perfection that is not an ideal that is actually attainable. And so I think there, there's, especially with social media, you know, we're exposed to so many messages. And I think part of it is, separating yourself from the messaging that we're receiving and just also being aware of what is our own thoughts about ourselves and kind of messaging that we're receiving from outward sources i think that's very important to to note yeah
1: No, oh, i think it's yeah it's a huge one isn't it it's such mm. a such a big thing and yeah this idea of perfection it's like what does that even mean or it's not possible it's just yeah mm. never ending yeah um and do you see in over the next sort of in 10 years or so, do you see things improving when it comes to mental health in society or uh, or getting worse or where do you see things heading?
2: I mean, unfortunately with COVID and with all the lockdowns and whatnot, I don't, I mean, we've never been through this before and I feel that the, the after effect of what this lockdown or what these lockdowns and, and COVID will leave us with is a little bit worrying I think Mm. that I mean on the on the plus side I think mental health is being highlighted a lot more because collectively everybody is experiencing some form of a state where we're not feeling quite right because we're all experiencing this very crazy global pandemic so in a way I think more people are talking about it. So it, it's good for the conversation around mental health, normalizing the conversation around mental health and normalizing getting support and asking for help around mental health because everybody's experiencing it now. It's not it's not a thing that has a stigma as much as it used to pre-COVID. So in that sense, I think it's a plus. Uh, but I do think the ramifications of what has what is happening now will. The tail of this will last for a long time. You know, this is affecting yep. people's businesses. This is affecting people's yep. livelihoods. And that I think that is, we're seeing it, you know, people are people are really, really struggling. So I do feel that yeah. the next 10 years is, is a really important time for us as people who are supporting people dealing with mental health issues. But um, I do think that there's going to be a surge of conversation and people struggling with. Mental health, yes, for sure.
1: Definitely, yeah. I think it's going to take probably longer than you know people even realise for everything. There's going to be a big aftermath. It's a Definitely. a lot of a lot of damage has been done. A um, lot of
2: damage for sure.
1: Yeah. Mm. Uh, what is your personal definition of
2: happiness? My personal definition of happiness. <laughs> I think happiness to me is peace, and if you can find peace within yourself, I think that's really the key part. I think the key to happiness is to be true to who you are regardless of any kind of external validation, external opinions. If you can find the truth in who you really are and find peace with who you are and live according to your truth, I really don't think you can go wrong in life.
1: Totally agree. Yeah. You can't go too wrong if you can, if you can find that, you
0: know,
1: -hmm. I think it's a very good answer. Um, so final one uh what would you say is the most courageous thing you've ever done or or one of them?
2: The most courageous thing I've ever done. I think for me uh this is probably going to be a little not the usual answer. So I I was in a relationship for probably about 7 8 years where um the expectation definitely was for me to stay with this person and I felt a lot of pressure around that I think it was self-imposed pressure but I felt like it was from family from you know when you've been with someone for a very long time there is expectation and so Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like that relationship was going to actually be good in the long term for either of us and so I think that to me was probably one of the most courageous things that I've done is to leave that relationship. And it sounds, I, I guess, kind of weird because it's not related to a dream per se, but I felt that it, it took so much of me to actually do it. It took so much of my courage to actually do to leave. And so um that's one. Uh, obviously, I'll also say, you know, going to LA and pursuing the, you know, this big Hollywood dream when I was an actor and that when I was very young was a very um, scary prospect to me. And so that was another one. But I, d- I definitely think that leaving the relationship was more scary to do. And so, yeah, I feel, yeah. feel proud of myself for having done that. And ne- obviously now looking back, I can say, oh, that was such a courageous thing at the time when you're going through it. It's so scary and you you don't really know mm. what's going to happen. So, yeah, I think that's it.
1: Oh, well, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it's true, though. No, that's a really hard thing. And so many people get stuck in relationships that, you know, they want to get out of or don't know how to get, get out of. And it becomes that comfort zone. So it sort of um, can be a really tough thing to do but can – Be so important. So I think you know, we could probably record a whole podcast just on relationships. Yeah, round two, round Um, two,
2: definitely. (laughs) But
1: I appreciate you sharing that and everything else, and I'm sure everyone listening will take a lot out of it. So yeah, thank you. It's great chatting to you again, and thank you for making the time to to do this.
2: So great chatting to you, Nick. I feel like we could chat for hours. You know, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm I'm glad that we could have this conversation where people people can tune in but yeah I, I just feel like we could chat for hours and hours
1: <laughs> so do I and I'm sure I'm sure we will we'll do we'll do we'll do many more
2: <laughs> we will we will thank um, you
1: thanks so much this episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Buza. thanks to Rachel J for joining me today for Move Your Mind
0: Hold up.